Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. You're listening to another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. I'm your host today, Connor Mueller, and I'm here with my pal Bones. Hi there. And we're gonna we're gonna kick off episode 144 today. That's super cool. Yeah. Before we dive in, I want to invite all of our listeners to leave us a rating and review. It takes less than one minute. Head over to iTunes Podcast and Drop us a couple stars, give us a five-star review, drop us a rating in there, and the more ratings we receive, the more listeners we can reach. Yeah, it's beautiful. I think it's hard to leave a review because you don't know what to say sometimes. So if you don't know what to say, just tell us a little story about your life or um, something good that's happened or something that you like about this episode or the past episode. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Bones, how are you doing? I'm doing really good. It was a really good week, actually. Um, it was productive. Training's going good. Work's good. And I PR'd my shower. Uh, so, <laughs> Tell so me more. Cool. What does okay. that mean? So every once a week, it usually happens where I get home late from coaching and Jess makes dinner and she already has eaten dinner and then I come home and eat dinner by myself and that's just the way it is. And then we have like very limited time to sit on the couch together and just mm-hmm. either play on our phones just be in the same room. Sometimes we mm-hmm. talk, sometimes we don't. Whatever. We share space. At least one night a week, we only get like 10 to 15 minutes of that because of time constraint. So once a week, I go for a PR shower where I stand right in the hallway. And I go, okay, Jess, are you ready? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go for it. And she's like, okay, give me 30 seconds. And she like waits for like the top of a minute. And she's like, okay, three, two, one, go. And I like rip everything off. I jam in the shower, shower as quick as I can, shower, 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 just turn it off and then, you know, dry off, do the whole, I don't need to explain a shower to you and then get out of there, get dressed and go back to the same spot in the hallway. And, uh, so I PR today by 30 some seconds, not today, but this week. And it was, a uh, it was a great, great feeling. Um, it's, I really feel like my training is paying off. My PR shower is three minutes and three seconds. Which, which is, uh, if you've never tried a shower as fast as you can, you should try and see if you can beat that because it's harder than you think. If I, if I did a full service shower where I had to wash my hair, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, that'd be possible. Yeah. It's definitely a quick, I mean, there's RX like for male and females, right? Time-wise for showers <laughs> yeah. because, so, but maybe not though. Males could have long hair and females could have short hair. So True. that's not right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really like a, sh- it's a short hair game to like shower fast, fast, mm-hmm. fast, fast, full service. Um, but it's PR, PR shower is just like, you know, just get it done. Do the, do the minimum as quick yeah. as you can. So you can go s- spend some time on the couch. And, uh, so that's, that was my PR shower. Um, and it's good. I've been sharing the shower also with a daddy long leg lately. Oh, he lives in there? For like two weeks, he's been in the shower. Wow. Yeah. And daddy long legs are really good spiders. I don't know. If you guys have one in your house, uh, you should leave it because they eat all sorts of other insects, 
like yeah. ants and shit. We have a lot of ants around here. So we have one he's in been, our kitchen. He's, he's a crazy dude. <laughs> you keep him there. Yeah, he lives by the bananas on the countertop. Okay. I just let him hang out there. Good. That's a good yeah. spot for him. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. How, they're really interesting because if you try to move that spider, see, try to move him and see if he goes back to that spot. This spider in my bathtub is nuts. Every time I turn on the shower and water starts like flying everywhere and he like gets like pelted with drops, <laughs> right? And he like starts going towards the drain. So every shower for the past two weeks, I've been saving him. I've been putting yeah. him up via like a, sh- a shampoo bottle, putting him on the ledge. Yeah. And he'll chill. And then every time he's right back by the drain again. Like, dude, come what on. Heck? You and have a death sentence. Last week. Yeah. He's like, dude, last week. I was like, all right, you're done, man. I took him off the bathtub. I put him outside on the porch. This motherfucker was in the shower again the next day. And it's like. No way. Yeah. Like, what do you like about it so much? And I think the moral of the story is that sometimes I I stopped saving him at this point. I stopped caring because I'm like, dude, I don't really want you in my bathtub anymore. And I think the moral of the story is that if you are receiving help. You should stop going back to the situation that's trying to drown you. Yeah. Right? Totally. You, know? you got to accept the help and, and try to move on. And the spider isn't getting it. He's still alive. He lost a leg. But oh. he needs to stop going back to the situation that's trying to drown him. Because sometimes the help is not going to be there. Has Jess been on board with saving the spider? Okay, that's an interesting point. We have different showers. Oh, you guys use different bathrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she has all of her own stuff. Yeah. And I have like five of my things. And it's just better. It works better for us to like just yeah. get separate showers. Okay, makes sense. So mm-hmm. at, at, at the new house we're getting, the shower is like incredible. So and there's two sinks in the bathroom. Um, so it's like, it's a shared bathroom space. So we'll share it there. But right now we've just been like doing separate things and want to shower at the same time sometimes and it doesn't work. So whatever. What a luxury it is to have two full bathrooms. (laughs) (laughs) What a dream. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's pretty awesome. Cause you can, yeah. Like for you, yeah. Like for Jess, it's great. And I, I under, I totally understand that she wants her own space. Everything that she has is the way she wants it. And yeah, well, that's, that's, I get it. And I'm like, I have everything the way I want it. And to yeah. some point, yes, you have to be in a relationship and share space. But to some point, you have to have your own space and be your own person. Mm-hmm. And I think the bathroom is pretty representative of that because you share a bedroom. That's like a, that's mm-hmm. a, you can't sleep in different beds. Like, it's just weird. Mm-hmm. So the bathroom yeah. is like a good separator. The bathroom serves as a nice retreat because I almost think Mm, of the bathroom. The bathroom can be a safe space, a retreat, a little getaway. You can have alone time in the bathroom. Totally. Yeah. So. And it's your space. And if you have your own Mm -hmm. space, it's yours. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I get that. Yeah. 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 How was your week? What's going on with you? My week's been good. Let's see. Work's been going great. Corey and I were getting ready to go camping tomorrow, actually. So we'll be up at Leland All State Park Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. We have a site right on the water. So we're super pumped about that. 
This morning we got up and we're prepping food to bring with us. So I made some homemade granola bars to bring. We're going to bring burger patties and some meat to cook over the fire. We have some potatoes, Mm -hmm. some veggies. So we're getting kind of the food situated for camping. Nice. And that's awesome. Yeah. I had a sleeve of saltine crackers that I I set out to bring because we have kind of a, a staging area. We have all the stuff that we don't want to forget to bring with us. So when we pack up the truck tomorrow, we can bring everything that's on our kitchen table. We can put it in the truck. So everything is just a dropping ground right now. Beautiful. But I had a sleeve of saltine crackers that I was going to bring on the camping trip. And Corey and I left to run an errand this morning when we got back. They were gone. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Annie... Our dog had eaten the entire sleeve of saltine crackers. She took the saltines challenge? She did. She totally did. That's what I said. I said, oh, man, I bet she just did the saltine challenge. She's probably That's so crazy. thirsty. Oh, was her water bowl empty? Do you guys leave water for her? Is it like free game water? We, yeah, we have. <laughs> so I got really sick of filling her water bowl every day. So we bought, do you know what a gravity drinking bowl is, dog bowl is? Okay, so we have a three-gallon water jug. It's a gravity bowl that sits on top. So I don't have to fill her water bowl very often. She just goes to town whenever she wants. Yes. It's hard to say how much water she drank as she was taking the saltine challenge. Do you guys have a furbo? Uh, What? You have a furbo, don't you? Okay, uh, you have a treat dispenser. You have a treat dispenser, right? We don't. Or, no, that's that's Annie's. That's Annie's uh, food dispenser. That's her food dish. The one where you say, "It's kibble time." Kibble time. It's yeah. for our cat. It's for Leah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Leah has an automated cat feeding machine, and it goes every morning. It'll go, and it goes. What does Corey say? You know it. Do you it. want me? I can sing it. He's, it's Corey's yeah, voice recording, it. and it's on a timer, so it goes off. I think it goes off four times a day, because she does really well with small, frequent meals. That's her eating pattern. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the eating pattern we have imposed on her, but... Corey, the recording is Corey singing a tune and it's, it's kibble time, it's kibble time. Won't you have some kibble of mine? And it sings it <laughs> twice in a loop. And then it's, and then it's, and then it spits out the food. Yeah. And then the food dispenses. And it's, she, <laughs> awesome. she comes running wherever she is. She comes running. If she's not already sitting there because she kind of knows when the food is about to come. Mm-hmm. So sometimes she's sitting there waiting. Yeah. For the, the food to get dispensed, or she's running as soon as she hears the song. Oh, she knows. So the reason we got that is if we did not feed her on time, especially in the morning, really early in the morning, she would sit in the hallway and howl. So we would be asleep, and she'd be sitting in the hallway howling at us because yeah. she's hungry and she wants us to feed us, and we're the people that feed her. Mm -hmm. so now she doesn't do that 
because we don't feed her. The machine feeds her. Does she go howl at the machine or does no. she sit nicely? She just sits there and waits. Aww. Sometimes she'll take her paw and like stick her paw up the little chute. <laughs> yeah. And it's really funny because she's trying to coax the food out, but she'll yeah. kind of put her paw up there <laughs> to see if she can get it out yeah. or she'll look up there Come or, on. She'll, yeah. <laughs> or she'll just link the empty dish trying to get L- lick it. Yeah. Just get little remnants of kibble that's left there. Poor starving kitty. Oh my gosh, I know it. <laughs> so uh, speaking of that, we a Furbo is like a camera. It's a doggy cam and oh. it has treat, treats attached and you can like, it's hooked up to your phone and anywhere, anywhere you can leave the house and like throw a treat. And yeah. I do the same thing. So we haven't actually have her hooked up in a while, but I'll click it and you can record your own thing and it goes, oh my, ours goes, treat time, get to treat time. And it spits out. <laughs> treats nice. and the dogs are crazy <clears throat> but Ryder does that same thing where like she knows where the hole is where the mm-hmm. treats come out of and she'll just like wait like l- lick the inside <laughs> of the hole forever <laughs> and it got to the point where Millie caught on that the treats go in uh, on top with uh-huh. a cap right so that's how the treats are loaded she she realized that so she knows how to tip the cap off <gasps> and get all of the treats what a smarty pants. Yeah, so we had to put it up much higher. But yeah. For boys. I can't believe Annie ate all those saltine crackers. I think she won the saltine challenge. Man, I wish we had a pet camera to catch it. I, yeah. I really wish. That'd be super funny. Man. Yeah. But yeah, she, she, she ate the whole thing. And I, Corey, <laughs> Corey comes home and she knows she's been bad. Immediately when we walk yeah. into the house, her ears are back, her head is lowered, her tail is in between her legs, and she knows she was bad, but she couldn't mm. help it. And I have to take part responsibility because I left them someplace where she could easily get them. But Corey, she didn't eat the wrapper, so we had the wrapper, and he says, good. do you see good. this? Look at this. Look at your shame. That's what he always says. Look at your shame. Yeah. And he just like shows her the wrapper and she just ducks her head. Yeah. And she she knows she's bad. She doesn't get punished. We don't hit her. We don't. She just knows. Yeah. It's, she can, it's self-punishment enough. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it totally is. Yeah. It's so. funny. Dogs are funny like that because they know they're being bad and they know when it's bad. But like their instincts like kick take over and they can't they can't help it. They have to have the accessible food or whatever. So. Speaking of being fed, we, uh, we're brought to you by EarthFed Muscle, which is a great supplement company that we, we love to take. And we've been taking their protein powders. They are all grass-fed. They have a good vegan protein powder, which I take, and lots of other good supplements. Um, they have farmers on staff to ensure the quality of their grass-fed cows that it gets translated into their protein powder. Um, you can go to earthfedmuscle.com and use code WARRIOR for 10% off every single order that you get. Um, so you should, you should go check them out, try a couple of other things, let us know if you like them. So today we're going to talk about biotrackers. I'm pretty excited to talk about this. Me too. Uh, we had a short little conversation last week and it was good. And so I'm excited to dive more into it. 
Yeah, we started talking about this in episode 143 when we were talking about perceived effort. And it was a great conversation, the little bit that we talked about it. So we thought we're going to just dedicate a whole episode to this. So I think right off the bat, I'm curious, and we should also clarify, what, what are biotrackers, these wearables that we're talking about? What are some examples mm-hmm. of the ones that are on the market right now? Yeah, so basically the biotrackers, I mean, they'll track what's going on inside your body, heart rate, sleep, things like that. Um, the big one is probably whoop. Actually, the big one is probably the Apple Watch. That's the most basic one that yeah. almost everybody has, an yeah. Apple Watch, right? So Apple Watch will track your steps. It'll track your heart rate. It's now the newer versions are tracking O2 saturation, which became popular and big during COVID. Um, and I think it'll track activity. So activity level. Like, um, you can close like your activity ring, right, on the mm-hmm. Apple Watch for the day. Yeah. Um, other ones, you have the Whoop which is a wrist wearable usually, but you can also wear it on your ankle. Um, and it, that does the same thing. I think it's a little much more in depth than the Apple Watch uh, as far as tracking sleep and heart rate variance and, and recovery mm-hmm. and things like that. So it's much more like on the actual athlete side of things. Um, it's really big in CrossFit. And the, the other one, other big one is the Aura Ring which is a ring you wear on your finger, and it does a lot of the same things as Whoop, um, but a different platform, different app, obviously a different type of wearable being a ring. And uh, it's, it's a bit, they advertise it as a bit more accurate than the Whoop uh, and sensitive to your body. So mm-hmm. those are, the, I think, the big three that I always see. Same. I, I see those three as being kind of the, the leaders in this in this area of wearables and recovery and monitoring activity which ones bones which ones do you have experience with directly with aura ring so far jess okay. has worn whoop and aura ring uh, but we're okay. both wearing the aura ring right now okay what about you i i usually wear the apple watch most days and then I've worn the whoop, the whoop, the whoop, whoop, whoopee, the, the whoop. Though so I've worn the. We're not the sponsored whoop. by any of these, as you no, see. We, we don't aren't. know how to say them. <laughs> I've worn whoop before. I think it's whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, whoop. whoop. Yeah. yeah, I've I've worn that yeah. before in the past. So I have experience with Apple Watch and the whoop. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. You're currently using the Aura Ring, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Tell me more about what exactly is being tracked. What metrics do you get to look at? Yeah, let's look at it. So I'm going to open the app. Um, the Aura Ring goes on your index finger. Basically what it tracks, um, what I love the most is the sleep. So we'll start with sleep because that's what I like the most. So it, it tracks your total sleep. It tracks the time of sleep. Uh, or sorry, tracks your total sleep. And it tracks the amount of time you are in bed. So with that mm. equation, it gives you like a sleep efficiency. So ideally, you want to be like above an 80% sleep efficiency. So last night, mm-hmm. for example, I was in bed for eight hours and 57 minutes. However, I was sleeping for seven hours and 44 minutes, which comes out to 86% efficiency. 
Hmm. Um, so you want to get that above 80%, but as close to 100 as you can, ideally, is the best. But you're never going to get okay. 100 because no one goes to bed and hits the pillow and is immediately out. I mean, not, not in like a healthy person. Right. Um, so that's the first thing about sleep. It tracks total sleep, time in bed. Um, it tracks your resting heart rate throughout the night. Um, it gives you a little sleep score based on those couple of metrics. So um, my resting heart rate last night got down to 39, um, which is actually, usually I'm around 35 or 36, which is crazy to me. I never thought I got wow. that low. Yeah. Um, and it gives you, it gives you a sleep score. And from there, it gives you like a restfulness score. It, it shows your REM sleep. It shows your deep sleep. It shows your sleep latency, which is latency is uh, how long it takes you to fall asleep. So oh, I was in bed interesting. sitting there for, for 15 minutes before I actually fell asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it gives you like based on when you usually go to bed, it'll give you like a score on your timing. So if I usually go to bed mm-hmm. at 930, it'll give me an optimal score if I continuously go to bed at 930 because that's when my body is used to. However, mm-hmm. I stay up till midnight. It'll it'll dock me and my sleep score will go down and that will affect my readiness the next day. Mm, um, okay. So it also gives you, yeah. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, it'll track that. So you get up, go to the bathroom, it'll track that. It shows you woke up um, mm-hmm. and it'll, it'll let you know. And it also tracks your light sleep, which is cool. So, um, That's interesting. And then your score yeah. that you're getting, your sleep score, it's out of 100. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sleep score is out of 100. Anything above 80 is where you want to be at. So that's a good rating. Um, the highest I've gotten is, looks like it's been 88. Okay. So it's kind of, sleep is difficult for a lot of people. Um, and it is for me to no exception. Um, mostly we think we're, we're kind of bad gaugers and we have bad judgment on how much sleep we're getting. Sometimes we think we're not sleeping at all, but we're actually sleeping a pretty good amount uh, mm-hmm. and vice versa. Um, so I think my biggest challenge with the sleep was, uh, having a bedtime routine to make sure I actually get to bed, but then looking at seeing it break down REM sleep versus deep sleep has been really eye opening because I I can see that I got mostly just light sleep. I got some Mm. deep sleep and my REM sleep is really low. Okay. So now we can look at how can I up my REM sleep for the night? Yeah, uh, because that's going to boost like REM sleep, ra- rapid eye movement. That's when you're dreaming. So it's yeah. a deep level of sleep and that improves uh, you know, memory formation, cognition um, and like mental focus and clarity throughout the day. Um, so if you're, you know, you're feeling groggy throughout the day or you feel wake up and you're like, uh-huh. um, it's probably maybe you're not getting enough REM sleep, right? You can't remember things like you try to think of something during a conversation. Mm. You automatically forget it. Right. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what happened before we started this podcast. I was like, oh, I forgot what I was just going to say. Maybe you're not getting enough REM sleep. You're not forming the you're not repairing your brain in a way that is going to allow you to form new memories and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that has been like eye opening. Like, how can I improve my REM sleep? Because it's consistently pretty in the red. I wouldn't say it's low, but it's in the red. Mm. Um, so how can I improve that? So overall, you're aiming for about a B. A solid B. Yeah. A B minus is fine. A B plus is great. But you want to get kind of into totally. the 80, 80% range. Totally. I think that's achievable throughout. Like, it's consistent, right? You, I mean, 
you could overreact and get a bunch of sleep and then uh, be like, wow, I'm really good now. And then, you know, throw it away the next couple of days and your whole world score. So it's all about consistency and building constant, consistent habits that are going to support your life. And you can track this and you have data. And I know you love data. And I do too. So that's why I'm like in love with this right now. Yeah. I'm really interested. Okay. So as you share what metrics get reported to you, Mm -hmm. I'm interested to know how long have you been wearing the aura ring for? Probably about two months now. Two months. Okay. What, as far as sleep goes, what changes have you made since wearing the aura ring that you've noticed improve your sleep score? I would say I've been. Uh, changed my bedtime, which is the easiest one to improve, the easiest one to change. Because obviously, if you go to bed a bit earlier, you are setting yourself up to get enough sleep through the night mm-hmm. versus going to bed. You, 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 you have, we all have a wake up time. Like mm-hmm. that is fixed. What's not fixed is our bedtime. So we mm-hmm. all have to get up to work in the morning at some point. We are go um, take care of our kids in the morning. You know, we have something that is going to grab us in the morning to get out of bed, no matter what. Um, so bedtime is the thing that is, is unfixed. So that's the thing that I've hammered down and tried to do much better at was at least getting to bed before 10. If not, I'm, 9.30 is like my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, that has allowed me to get more sleep. Even if I'm laying in bed for 25 minutes, that's okay because that's 25 minutes I would have done at probably 10 or 10.30 anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so now I'm sleeping, I'm getting that extra, whatever amount of sleep it might be for that night, which is a huge improvement. And it's a big difference when it comes to how your sleep factors into your readiness for the day. Um, so that, that's the biggest one. And it seems simple and easy because it is, it's, it, it's not easy, yeah. but it's simple. Get a bedtime yeah. and stick to it. Not always easy. Um, Jess too. Jess has had like a strict bedtime and she's very good at staying on that. Oh. Not much gets in the way of her bedtime. Good. That's good. It's interesting because as kids, I think most kids have bedtimes or their parents gave them a bedtime. Mm-hmm. But then as adults, as we grow into adults, we really move, a, move away and we almost resist the bedtime because as kids, we remember probably a bad experience. I just remember my parents saying, it's time to go to bed. You got to go brush your teeth. And you kind of put up a little fight about it. And then as we, as we grow up and we have more freedom, we don't, we forget to give ourselves an adult bedtime. Yeah. Well, as kids, like you're like, why, why do I have to go to bed? Like, I'm not tired. I feel fine. I'm fine. (laughs) And uh, as adults, we kind of have that same mentality. Yeah. We're like, I'm fine. Like, I, I think about it as, uh, especially being like a teenager, we always used to stay up late and a teenager and into college, like it was, we stayed up late. Yeah. Um, so habits like that can track into adulthood. But I think the reason why people stay up late is because throughout the day, we're constantly getting this stress, right? Our cortisol is highest in the morning. We're getting this stress mm-hmm. throughout the day. And finally at night, we have like this, whatever glimpse of rest and digest we might have. You know, we put the kids mm-hmm. to bed or work is done for the day and dinner's done. The dishes are done. And finally, we have this time where we can like chill. Yeah. And we want to hold on to that. And we don't want to go to bed because that yeah. signifies all oh, the next day. Right. And yeah. maybe that's a pessimistic view of it. I don't know. But uh, I think it's a re- realistic thing that our days are can be stressful. And the night times generally can be a time to relax. And we want to hold on to that. 
But if you get better sleep, maybe the days will be a bit better. Man, that's spot on. Sometimes the only you time that you might get is in that evening, in those evening hours Mm -hmm. after work, after dinner, after putting the kids to sleep, which is precious. That's so precious. So it's hard to give that up. Yeah. I'd imagine that's why some parents like want their kids to go to sleep too. Cause it's like, dude, I need some alone. Like, you yeah. have to go now. <laughs> it's <laughs> right? your bedtime. Yeah. You're going to bed. Yeah. 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 Right. Anything so, yeah, else? has been great. That's been yeah, great anything else? Track. Anything, any other changes you've made after observing these sleep metrics? Not too much. I think that's been the most simple one. Like I said, I've been okay. wearing it for two months. And, uh, that's been the most, the most change I've done and try to improve my bedtime. I will say yeah. how I'm thinking about my health is a lot different overall, but just, but we can get more mm. of that later. Yeah. Um, I'll come back to that. And in, in the sense of like, uh, what my resting heart rate is and how I'm tracking how like, uh, this has actually helped me while well, I'm like talking through this now. It's like actually helped me a lot mentally too, uh, being, I guess I'm going to go into it, being a bit okay. of a, what they used to call a hypochondriac or now is like health anxiety. Whenever mm. I'm like the man flu, right? Whenever I feel a little bit off, I have a sore throat, a cough or something like that, sniffles. I'm like, oh, I'm getting sick. Mm-hmm. I'm getting sick and it's going to be bad. And what am I going to do when I have to miss work? And like mm-hmm. with the COVID pandemic, it was like, I'm getting COVID. Oh, mm-hmm. how bad is it going to be? Am I going to spread it to people? And um, with this, it can track when you're getting sick because your body is going to change when you actually have a virus. So Mm -hmm. the big indicators are going to be your resting heart rate is going to spike at night. It's going to be elevated. And the whoop and the the aura ring will track your body temperature changes. So if you see, you know, your body temperature spike over like 1.5 degrees or something like that, you're probably fighting something. If you see your heart rate spike more than 10 resting at night, you're probably fighting something, especially when the two are combined. Um, And you'll have variances every day. Like my body temperature changed 0.3 degrees last night. um, And my heart rate was actually up one one beat per minute. But like that's Mm. minimal, right? So Mm -hmm. um, what's changed mentally and what's helped me is seeing those numbers. So the past couple of days I woke up, I've had a sore throat. I've been sniffly, had some like grogginess and like before I would have been avoidance. I would have done the avoidance thing where like I'm staying home. I don't want to get people sick. I don't want to feel like shit out there mm-hmm. anyway. But I saw, no, my body temperature uh, actually dropped. My resting heart rate is actually dropped and my readiness score is better than it's ever been, even though I feel like this. Mm-hmm. So I know I'm not sick. Okay. I know I'm not sick. And mentally, I'm like, okay, I'm good. Like something else is going on, allergies, air quality, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's that's all it is. So that's helped me a lot is just being aware of having that information uh, and being aware of that information that uh, I'm okay and I'm not actually sick. That's so helpful. It's so helpful to be able to have some data like that to look at to look at and almost re- reassure yourself that okay i'm okay i'm not actually getting sick right yeah i honestly can't put a price on that because that's big for me so um, yeah. yeah yeah as t- far as that, i think that's it with sleep though cool tell me about what's another metric that you're really 
into with the aura ring? Let's see. Um, you know, the, it has activity level. I'll tell you one that I'm going to get this one out of the way just so I can put it away. Yeah. Activity level, I don't super care about. It's not great at tracking the activity that I do personally, like with cross training and weightlifting. It's mm-hmm. really good at tracking steps and like biking and, and skiing and stuff that makes you move distances. Mm-hmm. Um, it's good at tracking. So that tends to be a bit skewed. Um, but it does track steps and stuff like that. But I'm just like, you know, it doesn't track CrossFit well. So I guess the other one that I really like is the readiness score. Mm-hmm. Um, and in particular that, the heart rate variability. Yeah. Uh, HRV. It's, what, it's kind of really popular right now. Whoop made it very popular. Aura Ring has made it popular, bringing it into light. Because five years ago, nobody knew what HRV was. It still existed. Yeah. It was a thing. But no one knew. Um, if, you, if you talked about it, it would be this whole brand new thing. And now I think most people in the athletic field, in the health field, like yourself and uh, me, like we've, we've at least heard of it. So HRV is, is the, uh, probably the second biggest one that I've kept track of and really mm-hmm. tried to pay attention to. Yeah. HRV is so interesting. I remember when I was wearing the Whoop, I got really into learning more about my HRV do you actually know what they're measuring with heart rate variability? Yeah, I was going to ask you, like, let's talk about it. I, I don't know the super scientific language of how to describe HRV, but basically this is the really dumbed down version, and I hope I get it right. But you have, you have heartbeats, right? So if you think of a heart rate monitor that you might see in a hospital up on a screen and you can watch your heart rate and it it fluctuates so it goes up and it goes boop mm-hmm. boop boop you know what i'm talking about those lines yeah. Yeah. yeah so heart rate variability is the little fluctuations in between those beats mm-hmm. does that make sense yeah so they're measuring what's in between those bigger heartbeats and they found a correlation between that little variance in between those two mountains, those two boop, boop. Mm-hmm. They found the correlation between that and rest and recovery and readiness, which is interesting. Yeah. It is very interesting. And it makes sense to like track that, but it's the interesting part is that it affects our health and our recovery mm-hmm. and our fitness so much. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's the time between our heartbeats. That's what it is. And it's the time it takes for our heart to adapt to different stimulus. So if you're, if you're someone who's doing like an intense exercise, the time it takes for your heart to like respond to that exercise. So we don't want to be in a situation where we're doing like, uh, a marathon or a uh, marathon's not a good idea. Like a CrossFit workout, right? High intensity workout. We want our heart rate to adapt and like go up and keep up with a blood pumping to our muscles, right? Our heart's mm-hmm. got to work faster to pump blood to our muscles and we want it to, right? So someone who has a good heart rate variance, their heart's going to catch up with their activity really quick. Mm-hmm. The inverse is true too. So once you're done with that activity, how long does it take for your heart to come back down? That's a real good signal of your conditioning and your overall mm-hmm. health and well-being yeah. and your heart health. So if your heart stays up, all like for more than five minutes, 10 minutes after a workout, you probably have some work to do with your conditioning. Mm-hmm. If it comes down, 
back to close to baseline within two, three minutes, that's pretty good. That's yeah. a good sign of health. So yeah. um, how, how much our heart can adapt to those different stimulus. We want our heart to go up and reach like if we're depending on the stimulus we're doing and we want it to come down when it's time to rest and digest. And that score, so the heart HRV score is like, uh, the aura says it's 20 to up to 120. That's like the range of the score. Okay. Um, and you want it, ideally, aura says you want it to be uh, around 100. Around 80 to 100 is normal. Anything above 100 is like A plus exceptional. Mm, okay. Um, and you want it to be in those ranges. So uh, things that will affect heart rate variability, stress, um overtraining which is stress but like work stress too overtraining um uh, uh alcohol um lack of yeah. sleep or i think mm-hmm. are the probably the most common big ones right i don't can you think of any other ones alcohol definitely jumped out to me i remember wearing yeah. the whoop and always without a doubt if i had a drink one or two drinks it was even pretty minimal the next day, mm-hmm. my readiness would tank. Yeah. Isn't that eye-opening? That's probably the other eye-opening thing. I really, I've had two drinks in two months mm-hmm. because of this. And yeah, it's not wow. that I'm like anti-alcohol. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's been so eye-opening because I don't want to feel like shit. It's always been like, you know, you have uh, a drink or two or three and then you feel hungover and that's normal. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, everybody gets hungover, right? And it's just a normal thing. But once you have like a number and a score attached to it, uh, and you are some of the person that really cares about that and your health, Mm -hmm. it 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 changes it. It shifts that thinking because now I want to be able to get up and work out and take care of my chores and and do the stuff I need to do throughout the day. And I don't want like something as stupid as like a drink or two or three to get in the way of that. I want to feel good Mm -hmm. when I wake up. And uh, I don't want my heart rate to spike. I don't want my body temperature and breathing rate to spike just because of some alcohol. Yeah. Um, and it's different too, Connor, because you could probably attest to this, that different people will uh, metabolize alcohol differently, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I could metabolize wine really good, but if I have a beer, my readiness will tank mm-hmm. uh, and vice versa. And Corey could drink whiskey and be cool. <laughs> and uh, I could drink whiskey and be like tanked. Yeah. Uh, and we could drink the same amount. And, you know, it can go across the board. It's all you, every single body will metabolize that alcohol and some foods differently. And that yeah. will affect your readiness. So you can't compare yourself. Oh, uh, well, she had wine and she's fine. So I'm going to have wine. Uh, well, that's not the case. Why don't you try something else, a seltzer or whatever? Yeah. Or if you really want to have that drink, I mean, that's life. It's going to happen. Uh, play around with it. You have a lifetime to explore what's going to work for you um, yeah. and see what's going to be the best for you. Gosh, that's so true. Every, every body is unique. And by looking at this data that you're getting from the aura ring, you can really figure out what works best for you. Mm-hmm. And it's it would be interest. It's an interesting experiment, and I think that's what I love about it is because I really love just experimenting, and being mm-hmm. being our own guinea pigs. What's interesting is you could play around with. Okay, Friday night I usually have three drinks. When I have three drinks, I'm tanked the next day. 
What about one drink? Is one drink okay? Yeah. Is it better? Or is it still tanking enough where I want to even rethink like that Friday night ritual? Yeah. Yeah. And hmm. you can, and that goes into like personal choice and lifestyle, but totally. And you, I guess going into it further is you can still go out with your friends and have maybe instead of like three light beers or two light beers, have one like darker beer that's higher APV. That's still going to give you that social like stimulus of alcohol. Yeah. And you know, you'll have less alcohol in reality or yes. I mean, most breweries and stuff have a kombucha, like kombucha or a, like a seltzer, like a non-alcohol, like stuff like that. And like, yeah. that is okay. No one's going to notice. I promise. Mm-hmm. No one's going to notice. And if they ask and they don't understand, then that's just irrational on their part. And it's nothing to do with you. So yeah, I, I've gone and gotten kombucha instead of alcohol. No one's has said anything. No one's even yeah. noticed. That's so funny. I've done the same thing where I'll get like a non-alcoholic beer. Nobody notices. Yeah. And really for me, the whole point, I, I like to drink, but the whole point of drinking really is just being social with people. It's the social aspect of it. And mm-hmm. I get a special drink. Yeah. And I don't get the hangover. So it's, it's a win-win. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah. No one's going to notice. So alcohol is definitely the big one that affects HRV for sure. I think um, I was talking with someone the other day who's who said uh, he has a whoop and he said, uh, yeah, my HRV is like has been like, I don't know, 50 at the highest. It's been down in like the 30s. And I'm like, oh, man, that seems really low. Yeah. Uh, he's like, yeah, am I just like stressed out all the time? And like, well, probably like how much do you sleep yeah. is my first question. It wasn't like a consultation, but we're just talking about it. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, like six, seven hours. And, um, you know, dude has kids, little kids and it's, it gets harder. So you have to pick which one is the lowest hanging fruit in your life that if you want to improve one of these metrics, how are you going to do it? So mm-hmm. if you have little kids, maybe sleep is going to be kind of hard. Uh, but you don't have to have alcohol, right? So you can cut alcohol out if you're trying to improve this. Um, is there some sort of stress somewhere? Can you take five to 10 minutes to like meditate or do something for mm-hmm. yourself a day? Um, that might be good. That actually will literally improve it. Yeah. Um, Aura is really good. They have like meditation within the app. They have sleep time breathing. They have wake up breathing and stuff that like will help you. Like you do, do you need to improve your REM sleep? Like do this before bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been seems to be effective. So try to pick the low hanging fruit if you're trying to improve your HRV because it's that's probably the most broad one, right? Almost everything affects it. Yeah. What I think what's nice about the aura ring is that you're getting such instant feedback because I'm thinking about clients that I work with that make changes. And let's just go back to the the example of alcohol, drinking alcohol. They mm-hmm. will say things like, oh, I'd really like to work on this. And I'll say, well, what, what adjustments are you thinking about? And they'll say, oh, I want to drink three times a week versus five times a week. And they might make that change. But that change that they're making may not necessarily show up on the scale since their goal is weight loss until weeks or months later. Because it's you have to wait for this compound effect to happen in order to see the weight loss effect. Right. And people are really impatient with that. Oh my gosh, I 
I, I only drank three times this week and I'm, I weigh the same. And it's really frustrating. It's really hard to wait until weeks or months later to see the payoff. Whereas with the aura ring, you're able to see all of these other metrics being positively impacted by the choices mm. that you made last night. Mm, that's super I true. I think that's really cool because subjectively they could wake up the next morning and say, yeah, I feel better, but the scale is the same. I mean, people get really fixated on that number on the scale. And so I like that they could say, you know what? I feel better. And all of these other metrics outside of the scale have improved. Mm -hmm. That's super true. Cause then daily with the aura ring or the whoop, um, you're building like that chain, right? You're linking the chain every day and you're getting that positive yeah. feedback if you're doing the right things. I mean, you could, yeah, whatever, make a choice and something, but then the next day you just fix it and it responds like that. Your body does. Uh, yeah. That's so true. Cause like in that grand scheme of like weight loss or lifestyle change, health change, the action always comes first and the results are generally months later mm -hmm. dragging behind. Yeah. Right? But you have to like drag that plow and uh, just keep yeah. going with the action in order for that progress and the results to come. Yeah. I, I want to talk about heart rate a little bit. Can I insert <laughs> that in here? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so I haven't, I, well, I guess I started doing this again recently. I, I was doing this for a while. I was tracking heart rate. I was wearing um, a polar heart rate strap around my chest. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, we used to wear those. At, uh, yeah. Jeremy. Yes, okay. Were you there when we were doing math training? Uh, no, I wasn't. Okay. Let's, so okay, go ahead. Jeremy was the one that introduced this concept of wearing those heart rate straps during your workouts and really tracking your MAF heart rate. So MAF, M-A-F, it's maximum aerobic heart rate. And it's, a, it's super simple. It's a simple calculation. You take 180 minus your age. So my math heart rate when I do 180 minus my age is 145. So basically you practice not exceeding 145 during your workout. And that, my friend, is really hard. Mm. It's really hard when you're doing a CrossFit workout with all of these different elements, all of these full body movements, all of these movements that are jacking your heart rate up it's really hard to keep your heart rate in that math range hmm. and you can give yourself a range you can say like okay like i'm between 140 and 150 or 145 and 155 i'm going to try to hang out in there but the goal is to get really efficient at training at these lower heart rates because your body can recover from that training intensity, that cardiovascular load, much easier, and it'll actually get more efficient at training in that range. Hmm. And then maybe once a week, you can just like go for it, send it. Don't train with the heart rate monitor and just let it rip. Let your heart rate go, you know, mm -hmm. up above 190, whatever it's going to be. Yeah. 
but it's I just got I just went back to it recently and I'll usually wear the Apple Watch when I'm training and I'll just have the heart rate function on there. Mm-hmm. Your wrist is not an ideal place to track heart rate. The heart the chest monitor, the polar strap that I was wearing is way more accurate. But it gives me an idea of okay, where is my heart rate at? And I really have to slow down my tempo, my cadence, my pace to keep my heart rate at 145. Wow. So you're doing that at the gym right now? Like yeah, with, I'm... with monostructural like biking and stuff or what? No, during, during like a Metcon. Like if I'm doing box jumps, wall balls. Okay, gotcha. Okay. cleans trying to keep my heart rate a little bit lower so that I can get really efficient there and not feel not feel that that lack of recovery or that tanked feeling after trying to push it trying to train at too high of a heart rate for too many days in a row if that makes sense right yeah, yeah. totally that's a, that's a great point it's funny that you mentioned math because Jess is doing math right now too with a uh, biking um, yeah. C2 bike. And it's that goal of keeping your heart rate in that narrow range. And yeah. some days she's like, it feels really hard to get my heart rate up that high and hold it. Other days it mm. feels like I can just get up there. And that has to do with, I'm pretty sure it has to do with heart rate variance and recoverability and how uh, recovered you are going into that training session. Yes. Yeah, I think it I think math works really well with those monostructural things like biking and rowing and running. It's really popular in running communities to use math during training to kind of monitor your cardiovascular load, especially when you're yeah. training for a marathon. But yeah, um Jeremy had us use it during Metcons and you really you really have to edit yourself you really have to Hmm. adjust your weights adjust your cadence i'll use the example of burpees let's say there's a workout that has 15 burpees in it so normally i would go in and attack the workout and do 15 burpees all in one go and just go for it yeah let's do 15 burpees Mm -hmm. i'm trying to keep my heart rate at 145 I, i can't there's no way so I slow way down. So my cadence with a burpee is like hands down, feet out, chest mm-hmm. down, chest up, feet in, stand, deep breath. Okay, there's one. It's like very <laughs> methodical. Yeah. And you yeah. feel, you almost feel like, man, I'm not working out. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be going balls to the walls here. So it's, but it's giving, it's giving myself permission to hold back, train at lower intensities and be okay with that. Yeah. Which is totally necessary throughout a training week and training cycle. Like, cause you're staying aerobic, you're staying at your highest possible heart rate for your aerobic system. Can't always be going anaerobic. Um, That's interesting that I will say my own input on that. Tracking my heart rate on Aura, I struggle to get my heart rate up. 
Yeah, like, you do. Even in my intense exercises. Yeah. So yesterday we had a partner workout with uh, wall balls and step overs, hang snatches. My heart rate only got to 123. Uh, really? And most of the time, I go back and like looked at my days. And I'm like, my heart's only getting, it's only getting to like the 120s. I saw 130s maybe once. And when I'm working out, like I feel like uh, out of breath and stuff. <gasps> Yeah, and I'm wondering what this means. Yeah, huh. and I'm like, huh, I wonder if is that accurate or something going on? My like, what's going on? Yeah, um, so I I don't know, but mo- for most, my resting heart rate is so low. I think I'm just working at a it different uh, range, maybe. Um, I want to try to like push my heart rate up one of these days, like high, 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 like on an echo bike or something to see actually yeah. how it gets. Push it. I, so- I definitely have the opposite issue where I struggle to get it up. If you let's rate. say let's say you and Jess did the same Metcon, does she come yeah. back and say the same thing of oh yeah me too my heart rate's only getting up to one twenty, or does she come back and say no I was uh, in one no. eighties? Um, actually I don't know about Jess, but uh, another girl whose name is Jess actually talking yesterday about the same exact thing. Yeah, and uh, she's like my heart rate gets up to like one sixties one seventies. And I'm like, oh, okay. it only gets in one, 120s. So I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't know if that's uh, a good thing or if it's like, am I not working hard enough or what it is? I don't know. Uh, but I, like I said, I want to experiment with it. Um, because by that standard, I'm always aerobic. I'm always like pretty yeah. much zone one. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. But I know that it's weird because I'm not. So uh, go talking more about working out and programming and, and training as far as how it influences mm-hmm. our readiness and HRV. Um, when I was doing CrossFit, which is usually anaerobic, um, global movements, right? Pretty stressful on the body. My readiness would always be tanked the next day. So uh, even no matter, I could, I could eat, I could sleep, I could do everything. But with those exercises, that type of training... Um, I'd be pretty tanked, which makes sense for me because looking back throughout my whole entire life doing CrossFit, I could never make a lot of gains as far mm-hmm. as like getting better at conditioning and, and doing yeah. uh, muscle, muscle gains kind of came, but uh, getting like better conditioning, it mm-hmm. never really happened for me. Um, so that's interesting. So I switched my training three weeks ago to more strength-based and monostructural conditioning. So bike row, jump rope, uh, sled push, things like that that's going to just steady heart rate zone one zone two type stuff and my readiness everything's been like skyrocketed like gone up every single day has been beautiful heart rate's going way down readiness was way up every day is good Um, yeah so that's interesting right and the fact that same as food how and drink how people metabolize things differently the Mm -hmm. type of training that your body will do well with can be significantly different for everybody um CrossFit could work really, really good for some people, and it could be really, really, really hard for other people. And no matter how much you eat and drink and keep everything on point, it could always be kind of tough and hard on the hormonal structure, everything. Yeah. Um, But by switching to maybe more bodybuilding, maybe that's what your body wants. Maybe your body wants more aerobic, like uh, marathon training, right? Yeah. And uh, that's okay. You got to kind of work into an acceptance of that. And going further, Jess is doing, you've heard of Wild Health. Uh, tell me more about that. Right. Wild Health um, CrossFit is like kind of into what the Wild Health thing. It's um, they're using genomics to like kind of dictate uh, 
the patient's health instead of the traditional doctor. It's it's a healthcare system. So mm-hmm. okay, they kind of launched a couple of years ago, um, and they're using, like I said, gene therapy, gene identification mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. see what works best for you, as opposed to just like a cookie cutter. You know, oh, uh, interesting. Here's prescriptions and things like that. Yeah. So Jess is doing this. She she's a patient right now. I don't want to share too much yeah. about what she got, but uh, I'll tell her two things because I think it's good. Um, she with food off the top of my head with food, she doesn't digest saturated fats well. Mm, so okay. like red meats and stuff like that. So that's interesting. She's like, my, you know, wants me to eat more fish. Great. Okay. That's an example of okay. Not everybody's going to digest red meat, no matter how good and nutritious it is. She's going to yeah. get bloated, right? Uh, so eat more fish, do it that way. Uh, and her, uh, training type is more like aerobic based training. So she does mm. really well with CrossFit and that makes yeah. sense because she's fucking amazing. She's a beast yeah. at CrossFit. And, uh, where me we're opposite and I always like judge myself for so many years. Like, why am I not good? Why can't I like beat you at all ever? And it's just cause like. Not that I don't put in that effort, but my body wants maybe something a little bit different. And I don't know that mm-hmm. for sure, but based off of what I get from Aura, that's probably true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's like so eye-opening too, getting to that wild health and just knowing that what works for you or what doesn't work for you doesn't make it true for someone else. So if someone does mm-hmm. like the carnivore diet and does really well and loses a bunch of weight and just yeah. kills it, someone could get on there and just be fucking miserable and have yeah. so much bloating and gain 10 pounds, right? and keto and all these other diets like getting that information that data specific to you is so important and you cannot listen to other people and what they say you just can't (laughs) so Um, fascinating have you done the wild health gene testing then i haven't i haven't she has it's it's honestly and for what you get we can talk about it for a second yeah Um, i'm interested what you get from wild health is is super interesting and it's worth it because you can pay monthly or you can pay for the year. You get a little discount for the year. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking about your health and if you want to take like that next step towards effectiveness and making changes that are really going to like put your body in a good place, how yeah. can you put a price on that? Yeah. So I think she paid like $1,100 for the year, something like that. Okay. And with that, you get, you get the uh, gene testing. So they, they take your saliva, they run your DNA, they get like, this crazy host of information about your body and what's good for it like everything like they told her uh, i can't remember everything but like she digests like cbd really well so maybe cbd is a good oh uh, good thing for you to take and that could really be effective for you other people cbd not going to do anything yeah okay um, uh training food uh you know uh collagen if she needs collagen if she, family or history of like anything any disease right it could show yeah. up um, so you, with that, you get one doctor's visit every year and the doctor like comes in and, and does everything for you, runs over all your tests. She spent like an hour and a half what, talking to this guy and, uh, gave her a bunch of good stuff from there. You get, I think four visits a year with health coaches, like checkups, like someone like you, mm-hmm. yeah. um, to see like, you know, progress and you know, on track and stuff like that. And, uh, I think there's something else included in it, but I can't remember, but the gene testing is like, this is a new thing. This is really cool. Um, and no other, no one else is really doing this on such a broad scale and offering it to the public um, that I know of, at least. So the information that she's gotten is really 
really cool and I'm pretty, Man. I want to do it. Um, yeah, but I'm going to wait a little bit just because like, I'm not quite there. She, she's been like, Jess has been tracking and doing things like this for years yeah. and years. And yeah. now she's finally reached this place where like, all right, let's try to get the next level, the next yeah. edge. Um, whereas like someone like me, I've been wearing, wearing the aura ring for two months. I'm not going to jump into something like wild health when mm-hmm. I'm still kind of like getting used to this and making some changes there. Yeah. Um, but I will say, uh, I think anybody could benefit from that, from what she, the wild health, uh, so if you're interested, go check them out. We're not affiliated again by any of these people, but yeah, I think we can. I can stand by that, and we can stand by Whoop and Aura for tracking. That it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I'm I'm gonna investigate that. I'm I'm kind of sold on the Aura ring Do right it. now. I think that's mm-hmm. that's so cool. I've gotten away. I'm I'm very much. I see myself similar to Jess in that I spent years diligently tracking everything every every metric i could because i liked it but also i found that it was the best way for me to make changes and then mm-hmm. i got to a point where i started to resist it because it came it became all consuming it was helpful mm-hmm. to a point but then continuing to track every little thing every macro every gram of protein i was eating just didn't fit into real life yeah and it didn't feel sane to continue doing after a certain point so i kind of my pendulum kind of swung the other direction where i went i'm not going to track anything (laughs) i'm not going to track anything (laughs) but there's so much value in tracking when you're in that phase of building awareness and making changes Totally. Yeah. And that's always step one. I mean, you're, you're a nutrition coach, health coach. Step one, correct me if I'm wrong, just building awareness around your choices and your habits, building yeah. awareness. And through that, uh, tracking can be effective because you track, you know, your food throughout the day and you can see, wow, that's actually what I ate. Um, I'm not yeah. really eating enough protein, you know, yeah. the stuff like that. And you build that over a couple months and then you go from there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, totally to a point. Right, you get years of that, and then you're like, "What am I even doing anymore? What is this like, for?" It doesn't yeah. feel sane to keep going on. Yeah, like I'm not making changes, and maybe at that point, that's where the wild health thing comes in, because that's kind of like yep. the, the the route next that she level. took. Uh, yeah. Where it's like, well, I'm not, I don't really need a health coach anymore. Like I do all the things pretty well at this point. Yeah, and that's not to say that I'm like immune to like falling off the wagon, but but doing this for a long time, I think I got it. What else can we explore? Yes. Um, so whether that's wild health or like um, some sort of different coach or counselor. You yeah. Know, uh, it's up to you. But yeah, I think doing the, like we're talking about Aura Ring and Whoop and we're tracking our bio tracker. So this is like pretty passive in a way, right? We're not doing anything. We're not mm-hmm. having actively inputting, right? I did 4,000 steps today. Have to write it down, right? Mm-hmm. So it's pretty passive and it does the work for you. All you have to do is make the changes, which is really nice. I don't track food. I don't track macros. I used to. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. I just don't want to do it right now for the reasons yeah. probably that you talked about. Mm-hmm. It's just tedious. I don't want to spend time. Just like, give me the food. I can't, I can't eat too much in my instance. My wish would be eating right. too little. Right. And I know I'm not eating too little. I'm eating pretty good. Um, so, and that way you don't have to track food and stuff like that. 
but this is a good like gateway and entry into it if you feel like my readiness is tanked or my sleep is off because food yeah food can you know affect sleep too if you eat a big meal before bed you know you're not gonna sleep very good you know right Um, so stuff like that you know it's that's been big yeah um, wearing i have i have a couple questions when it comes to the aura ring and the first one that i have is the aura ring when we when we're talking about hrv and strain it's it's measuring cardiovascular strain correct yeah okay so here's my question with the whoop for example let's say here's an example I actually I, I talked to someone recently who was wearing a whoop and they did they did a bunch of lifting where they didn't necessarily get their heart rate up. I've done lifting where my heart rate's been high. You know, I can do back squats and I'm exceeding math. <laughs> so you can still get your mm-hmm. heart rate up high when you're lifting. But this person yeah. did a bunch of lifting. And then a day later, her, her whoop said, you're in the green. You are ready to go. You are cleared for takeoff. But she mm-hmm. was so sore. She was hobbling mm-hmm. around. She was having trouble sitting down on the toilet. And she yeah. thought, there is no way I'm in the green. I am beyond sore. And so I mentioned, mm-hmm. well, cardiovascular strain and muscular strain are two different things. And I'm thinking, as far as the whoop goes, I don't know if the aura ring is the same. The whoop is not going to pick up on muscular strain. Right. No, it doesn't. Okay. That's a great point. Yeah. So I'm just wondering That's with the aura question, ring. That's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering with the aura ring, if you've ever experienced that where you do a ton of lifting one day. And the next day or maybe two days later, you're so sore and you're feeling that muscular fatigue. But the aura ring is saying, no, dude, like cardiovascularly, you're you're good. You're you're recovered. Go get it. Yeah. Um, I have. Yeah, it was last week. We did like a crap ton. I did lunges on Friday and just programmed a bunch of lunges for the class workout Saturday. So like my quads were like torn up. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe not the best example because it was a CrossFit workout, and that's my one day a week that I still do the class wide on Saturday. Okay. So my readiness was tanked anyway. Yeah. But um, even today, like uh, I didn't do one yesterday, and not really. And I said I'm like I've had the best score all week today, but I'm sore because of of the the lifting I did. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it does it just doesn't pick up on muscular strain. So that is something that uh you know gotta deal with uh yeah use use good judgment and you know if you have good programming i think that will take care of it where if you did a bunch of heavy squats on monday Mm -hmm. you're probably not doing a bunch of uh heavy deadlifts or something or a bunch of air squats on wednesday or tuesday yeah um it depends Mm. on the person too how well trained you are but that where it goes into programming too um, so things are separated by the hours based on muscular strain, muscular fatigue. And if you have intelligent programming, um, I think that takes care of it. Uh, 
because you need active recovery. You need those flush pieces that zone yeah. one workout throughout the week in order to recover from the lifting, the high anaerobic uh, stuff that you do yeah. with lifting or CrossFit. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking a lot about subjective data or perception versus the objective data of the aura ring or the whoop has there has there ever been a time when you looked at your data and it said your readiness was low your scores were low but you got up and you were like i feel pretty good and you kind of questioned the data has that happened not yet not yet okay <laughs> And I was just curious about that. That's, I mean, people do that for sure. I know people, Jess has done that. She's like, man, it says I'm in the poop today. Yeah. And, uh, but I'm still going to go work out or like, I'm oh, gonna, yeah. I feel okay, decent. Yeah. So, you know, that's pretty common, right? Getting the information yeah. and not using it. We didn't even touch on that. But yeah. so for me, I listen to it. I listen to it 100%. You don't need to tell me twice if I need more sleep. I'm going to get more sleep. It <laughs> yeah. was probably like the second week of having it. I woke up and uh, I, I woke up at like 6.15 or something like that. And it said like, oh, like, yeah, what did you do yesterday? Maybe today is a good day to relax type of yeah. thing. It literally says that. You open it up, it updates, and it says, hey, maybe you should relax today. Uh, or, hey, go get I it. I like that. This day was not good. So I'm like... Uh, I was going to go work out, but nah, I guess not. And uh, so I went back to bed. I went back to sleep for like an hour and 15 minutes or something like that. And I woke up and it was like, hey, your readiness, you're much better now. You're, you're better to go and, you know, go get the day. So I ended up working out later in the day and my next day readiness was good when I woke up. Nice. Uh, okay. So that's something that hmm. can like compound, right? If I was like, yeah. yeah fuck it, I'm going to go anyway because I got shit to do at the gym yeah. and getting my goals. And then my next day might have been, oh, maybe you should take it easy again um, instead of listening to the data and kind of making a small adjustment. Yeah. It was beneficial in the long haul. So I haven't reached yeah. that, but I'm the type of person that's like, I'm going to listen. Uh, you don't need to tell me twice. And I know in the long run, in two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five, whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to be in a good place because I'm going to listen to it and be fine. Yeah. I don't need to train hard today. You know, yeah. I I'm not ready. I don't need to do it. I was the person who wore the whoop and would always question the data. And so if it said, really, you're not ready, you're in the red, I'd say, yeah, but I feel okay. I think I'm going to work out. Oh, no. <laughs> I know I was that person. That, I, you, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I made a lot of, well, I don't know if I made a lot of changes, to be honest. I, it was very interesting to observe how my readiness and my HRV and my resting heart rate changed based on different workouts. However, I wasn't in a place where I think I'm more in the place now where I would actually adjust my training to whatever the data was saying. At that mm. point, I wasn't really in the place to adjust my training. I was like, mm. well, I feel like if I don't train, then I'm missing out yeah. or my body is missing out on something. Totally. That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the culture, too, of 
you know, I think you wore the whoop when we were at Worthy, right? Cross at Worthy towards like the later end of being there. I wore a heart rate monitor at Worthy. Um, I might have just started wearing the whoop at Worthy. I remember Worthy. you wearing a whoop at Worthy. Okay. I remember you wearing one. Yeah. Yeah. I think you wore Okay, I wore one. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, I think you did. Uh, I'm pretty sure I remember you wearing one because I can't remember. I don't know. They were first coming out then, if you yeah. were. It was 2018-ish. At the they time, were new. Maybe it would have been. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, that data, that feedback was fairly new even then. Even if you had it, you're like, I don't really know exactly what it means. It says I'm red, but I feel fine. So, yeah. Like, I feel like that was, that's kind of a normal thing at that time. But yeah. then that's also the culture of CrossFit. It's almost like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, I'm so tanked. Like, all right, let's get some caffeine and some pre-workout and just like whatever. Let's go, let's go loosen up. Let's, let's get go. a little flush piece, like a 10-minute yeah. warm-up is like a flush piece. And let's go. And uh, nah, overcompensating your body just to feel a stimulate, stimulation for an hour yeah. to do the workout is going to leave you tanked in another three hours. So like that yeah. idea, like hormonally too, of CrossFit makes me feel so good. Every time I do a wad, I feel yeah. so much better. You yeah. feel better. For a little bit because you get a little bit of hormone rush and you're you're addicted to like that 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 type of hormone your body is addicted to it because it wants to feel good but then it mm-hmm. tanks another two hours later and you see it all the time where you do a wad on saturday and you, you come home and jess would would be dead on the couch like mm-hmm. that's not right that's not the way to do it mm-hmm. and then you're like well how am i gonna do I feel like dead right now and then the next day comes and you get yourself jacked up again and you do the wad and you feel good for 45 minutes and then you crash again yeah um, that's where you're you're in trouble and you need to switch your programming and that's not working out for you uh mm, yeah. you need to like listen to that data and make a change mm-hmm. um because your body it's wreaking havoc and eventually you're gonna reach a ceiling everybody's gonna reach a ceiling with that I think everybody reaches a ceiling with the competitive CrossFit, either culture or literal programming. Um, and and I don't think the average person needs that at all. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think not enough people are real with themselves that they are the average person. And that's a hard mm-hmm. thing to swallow. I didn't want to think that I was an average yeah. person. And I still don't. I want to believe that I'm a man and I can do awesome stuff and i'm yeah. got the strongest front squad in the gym but i don't and uh yeah. I'm, like i'm 30 and i gotta listen to this shit and uh, i want to be around for a while and that's what it's about now for me i'm trying to get into that and there's always going to be that competitive mm-hmm. spirit of crossfit which, which can be really good it can be really yeah. good but the programming can reflect that differently um where you're not beating the shit out of people or yourself so um i don't know how we got into that sorry uh but uh I think, yeah, not listening to your data, that's where we were, is, yeah. is a huge thing with this. Like, if you get it and you spend this money on it, listen to it. Make the changes mm-hmm. because that's why you got it. And it's not like a badge of honor, just like our culture in, in America, maybe, like overwork yourself. And, you yeah. know, I think that's going away. And I think this needs to uh, come along with that. And mm-hmm. if you're like beat up, it's okay to not be married to the programming and scale and do things differently. Um, mm-hmm. You need to listen to it. You can't can't go on you know fumes you know it's not going to work for a long time so uh yeah if you get this stuff listen to it listen to your data you just brought up so many good points the two things that stood out to me were the longevity piece of 
man, the realization I cannot beat my body to shit day in, day out with training and keep that up for very long. And you talked about hitting your ceiling and starting to question the training that you're doing. Is this something, is what I'm doing now something I can do 10 years from now? Yeah. That's, that's so important because I agree. I think I've also reached the point where rather than being concerned with the leaderboard at the gym, I'm more concerned with the longevity piece of, you know what, man, I don't think I can say that I'm okay with being average because I still feel like, no, I, I want to, <laughs> like, I'm a competitor. Like I am an athlete. Yeah. Like that totally. is such a big part of my identity, but also realizing like in this season of life, giving myself permission to take a beat and I think this data would help me put, help put me more in tune with my body versus fighting my body mm. right now. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Cause I think right now totally. I'm split where I'm like, no, I'm an athlete. I go to the gym every day. I walk every day. I do X, Y, or Z. I lift, I do Metcons. And then there's this other side of me where I don't feel good. <laughs> I've, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm fatigued. I'm sore. I don't really feel yeah. that great where you're talking about just lying on the couch after a Metcon. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, the, what you do in the gym should, should improve your day, right? You should feel better. You should yeah. feel better after doing that. But yeah. the, other, the other point that you made when you were talking about hormones, I was like, man, that's something I noticed with myself, like training, you know, twice a day, CrossFit, doing class and then beast workouts and just beating my body to shit, you know, six or seven days a week. I really think that had a terrible impact on my hormones and my body was giving me signs that my hormones were not, were not great. And I just wouldn't listen to those signs. Yeah. I mean, maybe the mindset, I don't know, is like, uh, the thinking, the rationalization of that is it'll go away. Yeah. Right. Is yeah. that the right? Is that seem kind of like, it'll go away all sorts. I'll figure it out. When it gets yeah, bad it was, enough, I'll figure it out type of thing. It was like, that's future Connor's problem. Right yeah. now, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. I just yeah. can rest here for a little bit and I'm okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I get, yeah, I get that. And I don't know, it's just not, obviously on paper, right? In theory, that's not the way to do it, but it is hard. Um, it, it's hard to not like have that FOMO or fear of, miss, like, fear of missing out on what yeah. other people are doing. That too, stuff like yeah. That. But again, it goes back to understanding what your body needs and what you actually need. And if you don't have an understanding of that you, then you're undoubtedly going to compare yourself to other people because they're doing it. Yeah. Like if I compare myself to the other guys in the gym that are like killing it in CrossFit, uh, and I did, and I still do. It's unfair because, uh, maybe we're not the same body. We're not the same mm -hmm. fucking body. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to react differently to the different stresses and different things that they're doing and I'm doing. And, it's just it's it's not fair to yourself to do that. And I will say going off the average person thing again, I think that that's tough to swallow 
Um, and that's not to say that we are average because I think what our society now wants us to believe is the average person, maybe this is the way to put it, is, um, I don't know how far into this we want to go, is someone who's like on prescriptions, um, who needs, yeah. I'm not anti-vax, I'm not anti-vax, but who needs mm-hmm. these vac- vaccines, mm-hmm. um, who is pretty sedentary, who has you know the standard American diet, uh, that's the average person who 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 year to year over the age of what i don't know what you want to call it 40 45 gets a little bit worse uh mm-hmm. that's average and we are we that's not what we want so if we you took the l1 we know the l1 information sickness health and fitness can yeah the continuum. continuum yeah right so the sick is where a lot of people are like more than what we're comfortable admitting probably Mm-hmm. and where your blood pressure is reaching that hypertensive 140 over 90 type of thing that's sick your resting heart rates in the 80s that's sick um even though you don't have cancer or you don't have something like that a diagnosed thing you could have those uh heart rate and those metrics and be sick all right so health would be 120 over 80 all right that's better resting heart rates in the in the 70s that's better that's healthy mm-hmm. those are healthy ranges according to our standard average averages and then fitness that's where we want to be right that's that's close to like our uh, blood pressure is like 100 over 60 um resting heart rates in 50s or below and uh that's where we want to be and we're not on prescriptions we work out we eat healthy and that's that's where we want to be so i think average i mean average in the sense of like the average body that will uh adapt well to what we need to do training eating sleeping well and have good relationships like i think the average person that we're we're like supposed to be adapted to or think of is like that sick person and that's not what that's i'm talking true. about like that's not yeah that's not what i want want to be across and what the average person is like who's who can who has two legs and two arms that can do exercise and stuff like that and yeah you don't need two legs and two arms to do exercise but you know what i mean yeah yeah um the average fucking body that's gonna be able to progress with those things yeah. 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 The aura ring, um, just to wrap it up, the aura ring is really about embracing the uniqueness of your own body and using that data to create habits and training programs that really suit you instead of you trying to fit yourself yeah. into a different mold, especially when it comes to the training mm-hmm. side of things. Yeah. And then wonder why you're not getting results or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah. Or you are getting results. Now you know why. So that's really helpful and supportive. Yeah. I'm sold. Um, <laughs> I'm sold on the aura. Yeah. Ring. Yeah. It's so <laughs> let's, uh, let's wrap up. We'll say like, you know, we, you can get the whoop, you get the aura ring, you can stick with the Apple watch. If you want to get a little deeper, you'll get the whoop or aura ring. Cause it gives you a ton more metrics. Um, we'll say the whoop from what i know is somewhere in the 30 dollar range the band yeah. for whoop is free so they send it to you for free yeah. the app to use it month to month is like 30 some bucks or something like that it's yeah a nice, that's true nice product um the aura ring i like it better long-term play um they advertise it as a bit more accurate uh you can go on their website but their rings go for 2.99 or 3.99 you can pay them off by month um which is what i'm doing and then after that 
the app to use the system is $6.99. So uh, what I'm doing with the Aura Ring is paying 30 bucks a month for six months, which mm-hmm. when you buy a ring, the, the app is free for six months. So I'm paying 30 bucks mm. a month for six months. And then at six months, the ring is mine. It's paid off. And now I pay seven bucks a month for the service, mm-hmm. which is long-term a better play um, as far as economics because the yeah. whip is over a course of a year is going to be actually quite a bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's a good rationalization. You see the price tag of the ring and you're like, oh God, no. But yeah. dive a little deeper. They give good payment plans and long-term it's, it's better buy. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you highlighted that because fi- the financial side of things is important for people to consider. Right, any, yeah, of course. Yeah. any final thoughts? I don't think so. I really like talking about this stuff and improving health. Yeah. and I think it's a great next step or a great first step even for someone who's looking to make a change in their life and wants to improve their, their health. So, Yeah, right on. This has been another episode of the Weekly Warrior Podcast. Please head over to iTunes and remember to leave us a rating and review. It takes less than one minute. And the more ratings we receive, the more listeners we can reach.